This message comes from Capital One. Your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services backed by the strength of a top 10 commercial bank. Visit CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Member FDIC. Hey guys, I'm Emma Choi and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This week, we're talking about vices you just can't quit with Wait Wait panelist, comedian, and someone who seems like he knows his way around an abacus. It's Alzo Slade. Hi, Alzo. What's cracking, Emma? Good to be back on with you. How you been? Oh, I've been good. And can't, I mean, do you know how to work an abacus so good? I'm old, man. Back in the day, we had an abacus. In school, we had, we had several abacai. <laughs> oh! This week's story is really fun. Um, A man in China read an entire marathon while chain-smoking. I heard about this guy. (laughs) So we can all agree that running a marathon is, like, kind of an objectively insane thing to do, right? Because you're running 26.2 miles just to end up in the same place, you know? I mean, at least make the destination somewhere fun, like like Great Wolf Lodge, you know? You get a medal, Mm -hmm. and you get one of those... Like aluminum foil-looking blankets that firemen use. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, a, I guess that the reason for running a marathon is personal achievement, personal edification, yeah. a sense of accomplishment, like, you know, mind over matter. Because I can imagine, you know, you're in mile like 22, and you're like, this is why. And then you finish, and then you're like on top of the world. Yeah, runner's high. You know, as if finishing a marathon wasn't hard enough, he literally turned himself into a human steam engine. He was burning tar and converting it into raw energy. But see, this is what's not right. Like, <laughs> when you're running a marathon, there's a whole bunch of other people. Can you imagine running next to this dude? Like, bro, can you, can you put that out? You're running downwind of him, and he just puffing smoke. And then he ran it in, like, a, what, like three 30-something? Yeah, three hours, 28 minutes. That's literally that's how long it takes me to put on my socks after I'm hungover. And I he ran 26 miles. I don't even know if I could drive 26 miles in that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we should, we should specify, we're not endorsing smoking, right? Because we all know it's terrible for you, and it makes all your clothes smell like your great aunt's garage. But, you know, if you smoke while you run... Do those, like, cancel out, like, when you go on a terrible first date, but you still get great sushi for free? I don't know if they cancel out. Maybe it gave this dude a superpower. But for most of us, like, I, I haven't smoked a cigarette since I snuck out of middle school in seventh grade <laughs> with Jason Towns, and I took one or two swigs, and I felt like my lungs were coming up out of my chest. <laughs> so I don't even know what it would be like to try to run 26.2 miles. Where did he keep all those packs? Because, you know, those dudes, they— they dang near wearing underwear when they running. Yeah, I know. Which so is where crazy. is he keeping these cigarettes? I don't know. Like in his gullet, like a pelican. I, that's the only explanation, right? So maybe, maybe, yo, Emma, maybe that's what we need to revisit this story mm-hmm. and identify where he kept these cigarettes. Because mm-hmm. if he ran twenty six point two miles, not only chain smoking cigarettes, but sweaty, musty cigarettes. Yeah, that's even doubly impressive or disgusting i don't understand running so i wanted to get actual runners to tell me what's it all about what would make a sane person want to run for a super long time let's find out you're kind of leaping from one foot yeah it's kind of like a gallop like this 
Oh, I'm just showing him how I used to run as a kid. Good morning. Hi, Tilly. Hello, I, Tilly. How are I you? guess we should introduce yeah. ourselves. Peter, who are you? Oh, I'm Peter Sagal. What does that mean? What do you mean, what does that mean? It's my name. What do you want well, from what me? What do you do? I host Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Good for you. Hi, Tilly. What do you do? Hi, my name is Lillian King, and I'm a producer at Wait, Wait. Okay. If, are, if you like had a pack of cigarettes on you, where would you keep it? Like your I would pet have, pocket? Actually, these particular um, shorts uh, uh, have pockets. Okay. Yes. I also tend to wear running belts. I have one here. Okay. And that where I usually keep my phone. But well, I for could easy keep, access. For easy access. And so I could keep a pack of cigarettes in there. I think one of the things, and as we begin to c- consider this problem, is of course dampness. As you may know. From sweat. Um, when one runs, particularly if one is me. You sweat a lot, mm-hmm. and so I have don't. you ever pooped yourself during a marathon? No, uh, many people think that's very common. The people who do that tend to be bike riders. Really? They do that, yeah. Bike riders, triathletes, they do that because Jeez. it's a matter of when you run a bike, it's a matter of seconds. So yeah, they just <laughs> themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of us just, you know, we'll just. There are bushes, there are alleys, there are dumpsters. Okay, I definitely can't keep up with these guys. So I'm gonna ride next to them on a city bike while they gallop around. Okay. Do you ever do anything to make yourself look cooler while you run? Do I do anything to make myself look cooler while I run? Yeah, up the jazzy factor. No. What's it like running in New York City, the city I of love, dream? I love running in New York City. Always have. Because it smells like smoke everywhere? It smells like smoke everywhere. There's a tremendous amount to see. There's also a vestigial feeling from a lifetime of movies. If you're running through the streets of New York City, you feel like you're an action hero. Because I'm trying to get to the bank where the bomb blows up, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched Sex in the City, Peter? I ne- I've never watched Sex in the City once. That's surprising to me. I just want everybody to know we're running up one of the only hills in Central Park. I hate it. Just south of the... Metropolitan Museum of Art. And Emma is, I'm not going to say struggling, but I will say focusing. No, I, am, I say I'm struggling. Okay. Oh, 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 oh my god. Whoa. Alright, in case it wasn't clear, I fell off my bike. I'm okay. Alright, number of times I've almost died. One. You guys go. Tell me of the world. Have fun. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Easy Cater, committed to helping companies from nonprofits to the Fortune 500 find food for meetings and company events. With online ordering and 24-7 live support. Learn more at easycater.com. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. What other sports could use a cool new rebrand? Um, I think bowling. Yeah? I was, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional bowler, but it really weren't any cool people <laughs> doing it. 
<laughs> I'm just imagining you, like little Alzo, with your little bowling ball, smiling for the camera. Oh, that's Yo, so I legit, funny. I legit had my own ball bag, shoes, and I had the I had the wrist the wrist thing. No, you didn't. Oh my oh, gosh. It lo- it looks yeah. You know the thing that it looks like you got carpal tunnel. Yeah. I was in a league. Well, here's a question, right? I mean. Thinking about this idea of coolness, is there, like, one thing that's, like, a fail-proof way to make something cool? Well, I think the 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 fail-safe way to make anything cool is to get black people to do it. <laughs> right, and then everyone else is going to steal and it everybody and else, credit. everybody else is going to want to steal it, yeah, and appropriate it and not give credit. Yeah. 100%. I don't know if this is about coolness, but putting a tiny hat on something never hurts. I think that could hurt in a lot of ways. <laughs> when do you not feel cool? When do you feel dorky? When I am uh, on stage bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the silence really holds a real uncoolness. Yo, so, so uncool. Yo. Well, first of all, improv. Let's talk about improv. Do we have to? Listen, improv. You talk about uncool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did improv for, for like three or four years in New York. And I think it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. But in terms of improv intrinsically having a cool factor, mm-mm. if you go to an improv show, mm-hmm. the show can be cool if the people who are performing, are cool. Oh, and they're never cool. I realized I was wrong. There actually is one cool white improv comedy boy. Well, just to start off, will you introduce yourself to us? Hi, I'm Colin Mockery, international comedy icon. Uh, that's all you need to know. I mean, that's basically what I was going to say. Perfect. Yeah, you're one of the most famous improvisers in the planet Earth. Most known, I think, for your work on The Drew Carey Show and the iconic improv comedy TV show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Well, this week we're talking about how to make improv cool, right? Because I feel like sometimes improv people don't have, like, the most street cred. Do you know what I mean? You're asking the wrong person. I have no idea how to make it cool. Well, I was <laughs> I was hoping that between the two of us, maybe we can like um crowdsource what a cool improv show would be, right? Like mm-hmm. component by component. So like in your mind, where's the coolest improv show set? Is it like a, a speakeasy? Is it an underground lounge? Oh. Yes, I think like a darker space. Like yeah, a speakeasy would be nice. I think and they think the lighting should be dim, right? Because improvisers, we're we're hot, right? But we're not model hot. I feel like, you know, no. put the lights down a little bit. A little bit. Because people don't really know how sexy we are till we're funny. Absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. funny is sexy. They may say, oh, what a pleasant looking person. But after a couple of good uh, zip-zops... <laughs> The heartstrings just hold. <laughs> okay, how about what's the perfect opening line for this improv show? You know, when the guys come out and they're like, hey, you know, introducing this concept to the crowd. Okay, so complete darkness. <laughs> okay. Then a spotlight. Oh. Then an improviser walks into it mm-hmm. and just stands there for a minute without saying anything. 
and then look, slowly looks around the audience and goes, do you want something to happen? <laughs> if you do, you have to be a part of it. You have to work with us. Everyone sit in silence for another minute. Just make everyone uncomfortable. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then go, all right. I think we're all in two. We need you to give us suggestions. And now the show begins! And lights <laughs> pop up, and people swing in on ropes from different areas, and the oh guy with God. the horns and the pianos just starts playing weird circus music. Uh-huh. Like that. That's a high-budget improv show, my friend. You don't have to have really sturdy ropes from the people swing in. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think that's it. That's the coolest improv show I've ever heard of. Have you bombed really badly on stage before? Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, of course I have. Oh, and um, yeah, there are times I think of where I go, oh, there, there was a, sh- um, uh, a show where Brad Sherwood, Ryan Stiles, and I were doing a show and the audience was filled with improvisers. Ooh. And we just bombed from the beginning, just bombed. <laughs> and we kept trying. And then we had that thing of, you know what, if we just keep going another 20 minutes, we'll be fine. And we, it just got worse and worse and worse. The show ended. We left, got into our cars, drove home, and didn't talk to each other for two weeks. Be- <laughs> because it was so traumatic. It was so <laughs> horrific. Well, Colin, we've reached the part of the show where we ask our guests to play a game with us. Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. I built up this entire yes and thing, so I... I pretty much have to do everything you say. Funny you should mention yes and, because we all know the first rule of improv is yes and, where we accept the suggestion of our partner and then add on. Mm. But because we're edgy and cool, we're playing a game we're calling No But, okay? All right. So we're going to give you the first line of a scene, and you'll respond with the quickest way to derail that scene. So, for example, if I say, hey, Dad, let's get some ice cream, you could respond with, you're not my daughter, that's not ice cream, that's Jane Fonda in a chunky sweater. Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay. Angela, will you marry me? The name is Ted. You know I'm gay. And you're my sister. Perfect. No no notes. Okay. Uh, doctor, doctor, the baby is coming out square. I don't understand what you're doing in my car wash. There it is. <laughs> uh, and now over to Brian with the weather. Brian? Brian's dead. I'm his brother, Tom. I just came in to pick up the body. <laughs> oh, the layers. Perfect. Um, okay. Hey, buddy, this subway ain't got room for two breakdancers. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to sit down. We're about to land. <laughs> Great. Uh, Pre- President Harrison, are you really going to give your inaugural speech in the rain? I gotta tell you, Shelley, ever since we crash-landed on this desert island... You've been acting so weird. <laughs> well, great. Colin, thank you so much. What an honor to talk to you, and this was so fun. Thank you so much. Oh, Emma, it was so lovely to talk to you also. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Teladoc Health. There are lots of reasons for wanting to be healthy. Family, work, living a fuller life. Teladoc Health understands. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or just need to manage your weight, Teladoc Health can help. 
Visit teledochealth.com slash what's your why for more information. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C health slash what's your why. Here's the coolest part of the podcast, the credits. This show is brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Figure and Oha Lopez, with help from Blythe Robertson, Lillian King, Sophie Hernandez-Simonidis, and the fifth lesser-known Jonas brother, Jonas Jonas. Our supervising producer is Kelly Wessinger, and our resident improv comedy white boy is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, you are the best at our sound. Thank you for that. Thanks to Peter Sagal and Lillian King for letting us chase you through Central Park with a microphone. This is certainly a novel experience. Colin Mockery, thank you for doing for improv what Martha Stewart did for crafts. Wow, that turned so quickly. Don't miss Colin's live performance that blends hypnotism with improv. It's on tour now. Find tickets at hipprov.com. That's H-Y-P-R-O-V dot com. Thank you to my co-host, Wait Wait panelist, vice correspondent, and dream roommate, Alzo Slade. Yeah, that'll be cool. Check out his podcast, Cheat, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at Wait Wait NPR and taping this from my grandmother's closet in California. Wow, it smells like mothballs in here. Okay, that's it. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.